And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. And we want to say hello especially to our listeners on Spotify and Anchor FM and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. And I'm Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And as usual, it's uh, great to have you listening to our radio program. Well, I'm actually broadcasting, as usual, from my own apartment here in Greenville, South Carolina. And and I kind of love this apartment. I've been here for about a couple of months now, and it's on the fifth floor. So I get, you might say, a nice aerial view of Greenville, South Carolina when I look out my window. And, of course, this morning it's kind of cloudy. It's raining and uh, but that's kind of good because it reminds me that the Lord is forevermore interested in meeting the needs that we have. Think about what a mess we would be in if it never rained. You know, we would be in a terrible mess. And so therefore we thank God that rain is one of the ways that God looks out for us and the needs that we have. <laughs> and of course, you know, I get to see uh, one of the main drags in Greenville, uh, Church Street, is one of the main arteries of Greenville, and I see cars going up and down Church Street, and that lets me know that uh, people are going everywhere, and they have something to do when they get there. <laughs> and uh, it's my desire to reach these people with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of them might be listening in their cars right now, you know, more and more Cars are set up so they can uh, tune in to Wi-Fi and the Internet. And uh, so we might have some drivers and passengers that are listening to this broadcast right now uh, called Sunshine USA, and we thank God for that. And uh, some of you are listening to the Olympics these days. Uh, The Olympics officially got underway yesterday. And it'll be going on for approximately a couple of weeks. And uh, it's always interesting to see how different people from around the world can come together and get along together for the sake of athletics. And it, it lets me know that there are indeed and in fact so many different people in this world. And of course, the good news of the gospel is the fact that God loves everybody. He loves all the people in the world in spite of their different customs and languages and cultures. Uh, God loves everybody. And I thank God, once again, that we have a radio broadcast where we are actually spanning the globe. We're reaching people all over this planet with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, many of you know we're in the process of working our way through the book of Daniel, and um, I am very intrigued with this particular part of the study of the book of Daniel. Uh, The first six chapters of Daniel are relatively easy to understand, and they each have a very unique message that we have heard about all of our lives. But when we get into the second half of the book of Daniel, that is the last half of the book of Daniel, we find that it's much harder to understand uh, because a lot of this is biblical prophecy. And a lot of this is biblical prophecy that has yet to happen. Some of it has happened and some of it is yet to happen. 
And so it's hard to understand. And as I pointed out on the last program, or maybe the last few programs I've pointed out, that Daniel had to describe things that he was not familiar with. You know, when God allowed him to see in a vision what was going to happen in the future, I mean, he was no doubt seeing things that he knew nothing about. He probably saw things like computers and flat screen TVs and uh, DVR systems and uh, such things as that. And I'm sure a lot of this was stuff that he didn't understand, you know. And, of course, he saw things like computers and, and the Internet. And I tell you, I mean, you know, there's a lot I don't understand about that. But I thank God that what I do understand about computers and the Internet is stuff that I can use to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying world. And so, therefore, it is very, very exciting to um, do the type of study that we're doing now. Uh, which gets very heavy into end-time biblical prophecy. And as I've said on this program before, uh, I'm not really all that interested in what happens, for example, during the tribulation period, because I don't plan to be here. And I believe that if you're a Christian, you're not going to be here either. I believe that it will be unbelievers, for the most part, that are here during the Great Tribulation period. And there will be many unbelievers from Israel that will also be present during this particular time. And uh, I like to know enough about what's going to happen during this time so that I can pass this on to people who are unbelievers. And maybe the information I give them will help them realize their need to accept Christ as their Savior so that they won't be here either during the tribulation period. Um, but when it comes to things like the millennial reign of Christ, I have a far greater interest in that, of course, because I do plan to be here on this earth for the millennial reign of Christ. And I believe that if you're a believer, you'll be present for that as well. And so today we're in the eighth chapter, the eighth chapter of the book of Daniel, and I want us to turn in our Bibles to uh, the eighth chapter of the book of Daniel, and I'll begin reading at this time. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that it was at Sushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam, that I saw a vision, and I was by the river of Uli. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. And I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his own will and became great. 
And I and as I was considering, behold, a he goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth, and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And then he came to the ram that had two horns, which had which I had seen standing before the river, and ran into him in the fury of his power, and I saw him come close unto the ram, and he moved with a colar against him, and smote the ram, and brake off his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground, and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the he, the he goat waxed very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came into four notable ones toward the four winds of the heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceedingly great, toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. That would be Israel. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. Now, I want to stop here for just a moment and say that as I read this, you're probably thinking the same thing I am that a lot of this is not readily easy to understand. It's very difficult to understand. There's obviously a lot of imagery and symbolism here. And the question is, what does all this mean? Now, one of the things I do is probably one of the things you do as a serious student of the Word of God, and that is I turn to the different Bible commentaries out there for explanation. And I want to list three sources that I refer to the most as I study the Bible and as I do these programs here on Sunshine USA. One is Unger's Bible Handbook. Uh, Unger's Bible Handbook, in, and in particular the new Unger's Bible Handbook. I use that as a source of information. I also use another online Bible commentary. It's called the Bible Panorama, and I've used that many times. And also I have Schofield's commentary from my Schofield Bible. And these are the three commentaries or Bible study aids that I use most, both in my personal Bible study as well as in my Bible study for this particular program. And we'll be reading from those uh, on this particular program. In fact, I want to take a look just now at uh, the New Unger's Bible Handbook. And I want us to take a look at what Unger has to say about the first part of chapter 8 in the book of Daniel. Okay, here we go. It says, uh, This vision is dated two years later than the beast vision, and the time would be about 551 B.C., and the place Sushan, or Susa, which became the winter capital of the Persian kings, 
the Uli River is the Ulysses of classical writers, and um, you see uh, an artificial canal that flowed close to Susa on the north and northeast and connected to Perka and the Addisful rivers. The Assyrian emperor Ashur Benapal claims to have reddened it with the enemy's blood when he evaded the province of Elam east of Babylonia. Now the ram in verses 3 and 4 had two horns. The Mede in Persia is the Persian, is the Persian Medo, Medo-Persian Empire. The goat in the Macedonia is in Macedonia, Greece at its highest under the conquest of Alexander the Great. The prominent horn of the goat, Alexander's conquest of the Persian Empire, is prophetically symbolized in the decisive battle of Runicus. Now, um, we see here that Daniel is predicting things that will happen in the near future. We, we know, of course, that um, Nebuchadnezzar was the king when uh, Nebuchadnezzar decided to invade the Holy Land, and in particular conquering cities like Jerusalem and taking many uh, of the people of Israel and Judah captive, Daniel being one of them, and taking them up to Babylon. We also know that Nebuchadnezzar raided uh, the Jewish temples and uh, took all of the fine uh, stuff out of the temple to use in his own temples where false gods were worshipped. So we see how evil and corrupt Nebuchadnezzar was there. But now his kingdom did not last because it was taken over by the Medes and the Persians. And then we find that the Medes and the Persians were defeated ultimately by the Greeks under Alexander the Great. And then, of course, later on we have the Roman Empire. And we know that the Roman Empire lasted for quite a few years. In fact, uh, Israel was under the dominion of the Roman Empire during the time of Christ. But we also know that the Roman Empire fell. It did not last forever. Now, of course, if you ever study world history, if you ever study world history, as I have, uh, back when I was in college, everybody had to take a course called Western Civ, which was essentially world history. And at William Carey College, now known as William Carey University in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, they had a course called Western Civ taught by Dr. Wheeler. And this was a course required for graduation. You could not graduate from William Carey without taking this course taught by Dr. Wheeler called Western Civ.
But now it was a very popular course because Dr. Wheeler was an extremely popular uh, professor and people thoroughly enjoyed listening to his lectures. Now, you know, one of the things that was so neat about <laughs> uh, that particular professor, Dr. Wheeler, is the fact that he had what is called a phonographic memory. He could literally get up and lecture on world history for an hour and a half and never use a single note, never use a single textbook. It was all done by basic memory. In fact, his memory was so superb that he wouldn't even take valuable class time to check the roll. Now, that was probably a good thing because we had, you know, between, I would say, 80 and 100 students in the lecture hall where we met. And uh, as a result of that, as a result of that, we find that uh, uh, he had this great memory that allowed him to mentally take a note of who was there and who was not there. And after the class, which lasted for an hour and a half, and like I say, he lectured without any notes, and then he went to his office and he would write down the names of the people that were not there. And he could do that by basic memory. You know, he didn't have to have somebody check the roll for him or anything like that. But one of the things you learn when you study world history, you realize and recognize the fact that different leaders come and go, different empires come and go. In other words, most every leader, most every empire, it has a beginning and then it has an ending. But of course, in Daniel's prophecies, we find that ultimately there is a kingdom coming which will be headed up by none other than Jesus Christ. And this kingdom of Jesus Christ will last forever. It will have no limitations. It will have no end. And ultimately, all enemies of that kingdom will be soundly defeated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, of course, like I say, in the process of all this, in the process of all this, we find that uh, uh, we as Christians can know that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are putting our faith and trust in one who loves us very much and one who is powerful enough to supply us with everything we need. You know, a while ago when we were at the very beginning of this podcast, I told you about how it was raining here in Greenville, South Carolina. In fact, it's continuing to rain. Something like 19 minutes later, it's continuing to rain. And this is God's way of supplying those things that we have need of. In fact, if you study in the book of Genesis, and you study in particular the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, you find that by the time God created Adam and Eve, he had already created everything, anything and everything Adam and Eve would ever need. It was already created. 
And even today, God has already created from the very beginning anything and everything you and I will need to this day. And God does that lovingly and graciously. And so we could put our trust, our faith, in the one that can do that. And the Bible tells us during the millennial reign of Christ, which will come after the great tribulation, we find that during this millennial reign of Christ, Christ will rule literally from David's throne in Jerusalem. That's why David was told by the Lord that his kingdom would know no end. Now, of course, David's reign would not last forever, literally. I mean, there came that time when David himself would die. But his throne would ultimately survive. And then it will be Jesus Christ sitting on the throne of David, ruling and reigning throughout all the world. And at that point, all the enemies of God, all the enemies of Israel, will be soundly defeated and conquered. And the only ones that survive then will be those um, enemies that have survived because of their faith in God. Amen. And then I want us to read the very last verse in chapter 8, the very last verse in chapter 8. This would be Daniel chapter 8, verse 27. And it says, And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up, and I did the king's business and was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. None understood it. Now, here is something very interesting for us to take a look at. Daniel, in spite of being astonished at what he saw in this vision given to him by the Lord, Daniel did not fully understand it to the point that it really made him sick. It literally made him sick. And the Bible indicates here that he was sick um, certain days. In other words, he was sick for a certain number of days. But then he rose up and he took care of the king's business. And so this, of course, lets us know that even toward the end there, Daniel was still working for the king. And yet Daniel admits that neither he nor anybody else fully understood what God was saying. Now, you know, the important message here is that you and I do not have to understand the Word of God in order to accept the Word of God and put it to use in our everyday life. I mean, for example, you take electricity. I don't understand how electricity works. I don't understand what has to happen in order for the light, for example, in my bedroom to come on. But every night just before I go to bed, I flip on the light to get everything set and ready for my bedtime. 
And I don't think about what all is happening to make that light come on. I just appreciate the fact that it comes on. Amen. If I am riding in a car, I don't understand how that car engine works. I don't understand what makes the car start when you twist the key or whatever, or you push the button in some cars. I don't understand all that. But I'm not unwilling to ride in a car just because I don't understand how it works. And so you and I do not have to fully understand everything in order to uh, put it to use in our everyday life. And in the Bible commentary, the online Bible commentary, it's called Bible Panorama. It's probably available for free on your smartphone. In that Bible commentary, we read that indeed and in fact we don't have to understand everything in order to fully accept and put to use the Word of God in our lives. You know, it's not necessary for us to understand everything. I've said this many times, the part of the Bible that you and I do understand, the parts of the Bible that we do understand, it will take us a lifetime to live it all out, to put it to use in our everyday life. And as the writer of the Bible panorama points out, we sometimes do ourselves a favor by admitting that we don't understand it all. If I were preaching in your church right now, one of the things I would admit to your congregation is the fact there's a lot I don't know. There's a lot I don't understand. But I thank God for that which I do understand. And I know that what I do understand will take me a lifetime to live out. And so don't hide behind the fact that you don't understand certain things keeping you from putting into use those things that you read. Like I had pointed out before, you take the book of Revelation. There's a lot in the book of Revelation I don't understand. And therefore, I am open to reasonable interpretation. I know that different Bible scholars have different views and different interpretations of the book of Revelation. And as long as we can agree on the basics, um, I'm open to different theories that professors might have as to what takes place in the book of Revelation. Um, personally, I like a lot of what Hal Lindsey points out. And Hal Lindsey is one of those who points out the same thing that I do, that these Bible writers were writing about technology they didn't understand because they were writing about technology of our day or beyond. <laughs> I mean, we have no idea when the events of the book of Revelation are going to take place. We have no idea when the rapture is going to take place. I know that my Bible teaches me that the rapture could take place today. <laughs> Amen? The rapture could take place today. I don't know of any significant Bible prophecy that has to be fulfilled 
before Jesus Christ can come back to this earth in the rapture. It could happen today. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen this weekend. It may happen a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now. I don't know. But I do know that based on my understanding of the Word of God and based on my understanding of Bible prophecy, the next great prophetic event to take place is this wonderful thing called the rapture. Now, I want to make it very clear that the rapture will not, the rapture will not affect anybody directly other than Christians. Because when the rapture takes place, whenever that is, we as Christians will disappear from the face of the earth. And at that point, the Bible says we will forevermore be with the Lord. Amen? Amen. And we can thank God for that. I thank God for that. And I look forward to that day when Jesus Christ will come back to this earth and take me home to heaven. I thank God that one of these days I have this great mansion that I'm going to move into. And this great mansion is going to be more wonderful than any place I've ever lived. Uh, I pointed out at the beginning of this broadcast, the apartment I live in now, I moved in here a couple of months ago. And I thank God for this apartment. It is the nicest apartment I've ever had. And ironically, it's also the least expensive apartment I've ever had. But one of these days, when I move into my heavenly mansion, you know what? I'm going to be in a place far nicer than any place I've ever been. Now, I know Bible scholars get a little bit uptight when I talk about mansion. You know, they would say things like, well, Mr. Landis, you don't understand. This literally means big rooms. Well, <laughs> they can believe what they want to believe. I, I believe that the Bible should be taken literally, and I do. And therefore, I believe I'll literally, one of these days, be moving into this great big old mansion. Like I say, far bigger, far nicer than anything I've ever lived in on, on this earth. And I thank God for that. And yet, at the same time, I also know that I'm unsure as to when this rapture is going to take place. And I may very well die before the rapture takes place. I don't know. But whether we're talking about my death or whether we're talking about the rapture, I have no idea when either one of these will take place. But I know that according to the Bible, it will happen. And I want to make sure that I'm ready. Now, let me ask you this question. If you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? If you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? If Christ came back to this earth today in this great event called the rapture, would you be ready? Would you be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? 
If you're not sure, I want to pray with you right now. And if you'll pray this prayer or a prayer similar to it, God will come into your heart and he will forgive you and he will save you. Dear Lord, right now I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I admit that even at my very best, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinner. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my shortcomings. And now, Lord, I want to thank you for saving me. Lord, I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to set aside time every day for the reading and studying of your word and for putting it to use in my everyday life. Help me to spend time every day, Lord, telling other people about the wonders of Jesus Christ and that what Christ has done for me, he can do for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Like I say, if you prayed that prayer or a prayer similar to it, guess what? God has saved you. He has given you eternal life. And I would love to hear about it. The best way for you to do that is to let me know by email. And I have two email addresses that you can contact me at. One is simply warrenlandis at yahoo.com. The other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com, all of it lowercase. And I'll be glad to rejoice with you over your decision to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And I'll be glad to answer any Bible study questions that you have. And at the same time, you can also share with me any prayer requests that you have. And I can assure you that these are prayer requests that I will pray over personally. And if you give me permission, I'll be glad to share these prayer requests with our unsaved, I mean our unnumbered radio audience so that Christians all over the world can be praying with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and that's powerful, people, knowing that when you have a prayer request, and Christians all over the world hear about it. They're praying with you that God will intervene in your behalf. I don't know about you folks. That's powerful. I, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that there are things as Christians that you and I do without simply because we don't ask God for them. I heard one time about a man that died. He went to heaven. And one of the angels was giving him an initial guided tour of heaven. And he took this man into a big storage room. And in this big storage room, he saw all kinds of wonderful things that he had always wanted in this life, but he never did ask God for these things. And so the man asked the angel, he says, what is all this stuff? And he says, well, these are things that we knew you wanted or needed, but we never sent it to you because you never asked for it. You never sent ahead for it. Amen. So prayer is powerful. We should never use prayer as a last resort. We should never use prayer as an emergency 911 number. It's great to know that as Christians, we have access to the throne of God seven days a week, 24 hours a day. That's how powerful and direct prayer is. And, and when you call God, you don't have to worry about a busy signal. You don't have to worry about being told to leave a voicemail. God will talk to you directly. Amen. Praise the Lord. I tell you, folks, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff right there. Amen. Well, um, some of you want to contact me, I know, by um, old-fashioned direct mail, snail mail as we call it these days. 
My snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, Thruston Street, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And by the way, the apartment number is 8510, and it's very important that you put that apartment number on there. That's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. 29605 is the zip code. Help the mailman know where he's going. And I would love to hear from you that way, if that's the way you choose to contact me. And before you seal the envelope, you might want to uh, pray about whether the Lord would help, you, would ask you to enclose a contribution. Uh, it's not mandatory; it's optional. But the Lord might want you to have a financial part in the work that we're doing here at Sunshine USA. And I can assure you, we will put your money to use, and we will stretch every dollar just as far as it can be stretched. As I think I mentioned on the last program, I don't get a dime for doing these programs. I get no salary of any kind doing this program. I do this program for only one reason, and that's because I love you and I love God. And I want to reach as many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ as I possibly can. Now, um... Believe it or not, we have reached an end to this program, and I hope that you will um, um, tell others about this program. I mean, after all, if you enjoy this program, you know that you are the best advertisement we have, and if you enjoy this program, you probably know other people that would enjoy this program as well. And I hope that you will tell these people about this program, and I hope that you will um, get them to tune in as well. Well, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye, God bless you, and guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.